two months to go in the regular season and the Central Division team's post-All-Star break arrive at the end of February, three weeks till the NHL trade deadline, March 21st. Colorado maintained its top spot by using point percentage at the mid-season report cards pod that was timed up with the All-Star break. Colorado had a 773 point percentage. It's 774 now, near identical. St. Louis, with the expected easiest schedule competition-wise, improved 15-point percentage from 648-point percentage, good for fourth, up to second at 673. A 70-point percentage drop for Minnesota has to be the biggest surprise as they went from 720-point percentage to 650, falling to third in the division. A 48-point percentage for a Nashville drop, who I said had probably the hardest schedule divisionally. They went from 652 point percentage in third to 604 and sit fourth and in the first wildcard spot. Nashville staying above that 600 point percentage mark to me is what keeps them playoff assured even in a wildcard spot, but they're getting close to falling below it. And with Minnesota and Nashville's drops, Dallas and Winnipeg didn't particularly gain ground. Dallas improved 29-point percentage, up from 558-point percentage to 587. Winnipeg made up less ground, 5-point percentage, up from 512-point percentage to 517. Chicago stayed near identical, up to 426-point percentage from 424. Arizona up from a 302 point percentage to 289. That's still heading into Monday's NHL games that do not involve any Central Division teams. Has the Yotes last in point percentage in the NHL? Kind of what they want. All the Central Division teams play nine games prior to the trade deadline, except for Minnesota and Winnipeg, who will play 10 each. That does provide a near 10 game stretch comparatively approximately before the last quarter of the 20-ish games for most teams that will remain post-trade deadline. Right now, the team storylines are, is St. Louis continuing to win against harder teams to keep second spot? Which of Minnesota and Nashville get back to their winning ways first, or do both? And if they don't, does that open a door for either Dallas or Winnipeg? And in saying that, do Dallas and Winnipeg play better to leapfrog Minnesota or Nashville? Because even with those teams' tough current stretches, neither team below has put together much to suggest they will play good enough to be able to leapfrog. I think I'm more interested in seeing if Winnipeg can stay above 500 point percentage than Chicago reached that point percentage for the first time this year, and how can Arizona finish last, and will Chicago still beat Pacific Division teams so five Central Division teams' odds are improved to be playoff bound this year? With the trade deadline, will there be any Central Division March Madness, or simply more of the same as the teams have shown us so far? Welcome to Central Division Hockey, the podcast. I'm your NHL outsider, Tim Bickle. I 
saw a Twitter question asking who Colorado should fear playing in the first round of the playoffs over the weekend. No one was a common answer. Who played Colorado in the second round? Another popular take. The best response was a few saying themselves. Maybe not getting too minimally the finals. I would say Colorado's biggest fear is their own fan base. If they fall short, that will throw the blame in every misguided direction imaginable. It's as though this team was still based in a Canadian market. And some days I think Colorado winning another president's trophy won't be beneficial to the outcome without a cup or a conference championship. It's high altitude difficult breathing in the midst of expectations. Like Colorado was next to Mississauga and part of the GTA. Colorado is on a modest three-game win streak as well expected. Colorado erases a three-goal deficit in a 6-3 home win over Winnipeg Friday. 2-13 into the first, two big rebounds off the rush by Colorado goalie Pavel Francos, the first to the initial shooter, Winnipeg's Pierre-Luc Dubois, the second to Winnipeg team-leading goal scorer Kyle Connor for his 30th of the year, who puts away a one-timer from the slot. 2-12 into the midpoint of the first, Winnipeg's Josh Morrissey's point shot is deflected net front by Evgeny Sveshnikov for a Winnipeg goal, 3-34 left in the first to Winnipeg, shorthanded goal, Adam Lowry, breakaway, short side roof, 3-0 Winnipeg, 3-10 into the second, Cue the Colorado comeback. Colorado goal. Gabe Landeskog, net side, in the bumper spot, takes it to the net front and jams it five hole on Winnipeg goalie Connor Halbach. 220 past the game's midpoint. Colorado goal. Nathan McKinnon off the rush goes far side shelf using Winnipeg defenseman Nate Beaulieu as a screen. 234 left in the middle frame. Colorado goal off the cycle. Valerie Nishnushkin takes the puck from the point to just above the circle, and Ladislaw gets his second tipping the shot roof. Three all through two. 56 seconds off the rush. Colorado's Kale McCarr's stretch pass to Devon Taves on a Winnipeg line change, and he drops it forehand back to Andre Burakovsky to score far side glove from the dot. Eight minutes left in regulation. Winnipeg goalie Hellebuck stops a tic-tac goal by McKinnon in the paint. Winnipeg has two failed defensive zone clears for Colorado to keep the cycle and a Colorado goal by McKinnon on the net front tip of a point shot wrister. 58 seconds after, Colorado goal as Landisog completes his hat trick off the rush short side. Late in the game, Colorado on a 4-3 and power play. McKinnon rings the crossbar. Colorado finishes with a 42-29 shot and goal advantage. Colorado goalie Francois, three goals against 26 saves. Winnipeg goalie Hellebuck, six goals against 36 saves. Francois's back-to-back starts have everything to do with Colorado goalie Darcy Kemper's workload management. Colorado, playing Vegas, regarded in point percentage-wise, the more difficult team on back-to-backs with travel, Colorado went with their starter versus Vegas and added rest by playing Francois versus Winnipeg in the first game of the back-to-back. It was a good decision by coach Jared Bednar, even after the shaky start, by Francois, who settled in and he was going to play the full 60 minutes, regardless of his goals against total. Colorado's top two line combos. I don't know when in the late second or early third altitude was giving a combined point total for McKinnon, Rantanen, and Landeskog for the game versus Winnipeg, but talk about irrelevant. The reason is Coach Bednar put Burakovsky with McKinnon and Rantanen while Landy was with Kadri and Nishnushkin. The two lines then were responsible for three goals apiece, even though it looks as though the top line had five goals. Nishnushkin and Kadri had two assists on Landy's goals. In addition to Burakovsky's goal, he had an assist on one of McKinnon's goals. That's directly related to the switch up with the two top lines. 
a less extreme Colorado comeback on back-to-backs and a 3-2 road win in Vegas Saturday. 4-0-3 into the first, Vegas goal, breakaway five-hole on Colorado goalie Darcy Kemper off a stretch pass. 3-0-3 after, Colorado goal three seconds after a Colorado power play ends. Andre Burakowski scores short side from the low circle on Vegas goalie Laurent Brassois. A minute, 21 seconds after, Vegas goal on a two-on-one one-timer on a cross-seam circle to the other dot pass setup. 2-1 Vegas after one. An evenly played but goalless middle period. 5.40 into the third. Colorado goal ties it. JT Comfer with a net front tip of a Jack Johnson point shot off the Colorado cycle. 26 seconds after, Colorado with another quick strike goal off the rush. Nathan McKinnon on a two-on-two short side one-timer. Three of Colorado's 21 shots on goal were in their two-goal comeback third, while Vegas had 36 for the game. Only three shots on goal in the final 20-minute frame. Colorado goalie Kemper, two goals against, 34 saves, and he was well-positioned and quiet. And don't mistake that with him having an easy night. It's to say appreciate that he made near double the saves while making it look most the night routine. Also, nothing worse filling up the segment on Colorado talking about Pacific Division Vegas, right? Vegas backup Brassois isn't Robin Leonard, but he is a proven NHL-capable goalie. Defenseman Alex Martinez helps Vegas's power play with his puck-moving skills, but Vegas is near to its full D-group complement without him in the lineup. However, NHL vets Mark Stone and Max Pacioretty are elite forwards, and Matthias Janmark is a jackknife top nine guy who all were missing for this game a one goal game it's not to make excuses for vegas but you can't really evaluate a game without appreciating that five key high experienced nhl players were out for vegas colorado won and that's what matters because vegas's injuries aren't colorado or any other nhl teams playing them problem Colorado took the last two regular season games between the teams and doesn't have to much worry about Vegas till the playoffs. Whereas right now, with all those injuries, Vegas's own question is, will they even make the playoffs? Also, not Colorado's problem. Colorado, 53 games played, 39-10-4 record, 82 points, first in the Central, 774 point percentage, which is first in the NHL. Streak winners of three, goal differential, plus 63. Tuesday tonight, Colorado hosts the under 500 point percentage New York Islanders, who have point total leader Matt Barzell, lower body, and vet defenseman Zdeno Chara, upper body, out to injury. Thursday, Colorado plays in Arizona, the NHL's last place team. If you listen all the way to the end of the podcast as a Central Division team, we talk about Arizona in this podcast. As a Colorado fan, just in case you don't listen that far into the pod, Arizona beat Vegas 3-1 the night before Colorado won by just a goal. St. Louis is on a current division best four-game win streak and have, over the last 10 match Colorado record-wise, 7-2-1. The lack of strength of schedule I've noted existed as an advantage for St. Louis in the month of February that St. Louis successfully seized upon to take advantage of. I'm saying, pointing out a possible good stretch for picking up points and moving up the standings still requires the team to do it, and St. Louis did. Building off of it now that the schedule has more competitive balance for St. Louis is actually when faced with adversity, what to watch for with St. Louis. I think that would be reflective of the St. Louis team's thinking of not getting too high over the recent success as the raised expectations chatter as it has gets louder. 
St. Louis returned home for a 5-3 win over Buffalo Friday, 125 in Buffalo open scoring. Nut front on a rebound five hole on St. Louis goalie Billy Huso. 7-0-6 in St. Louis power play goal. Jordan Kyrou short side one-timer just inside the circle. Just over seven minutes after Kyrou's second of the game gets him his 20th of the year. A high tip on a point shot. 2-1 St. Louis after one with Buffalo having a 14-6 shot on goal advantage despite being down a goal. St. Louis's Oscar Sundquist, two minutes 30 six seconds time on ice left injured in the first and did not return 327 into the second buffalo goal off of a face-off win high tip goal from a point shot with just over four minutes left in the middle frame buffalo's tage thompson's backhander and tight set up by a stretch pass is stopped by st louis goalie huso with 35 seconds left a st louis goal as buffalo goalie dustin tokarski on his stomach manages to make a raised in the air leg stop with his pad on St. Louis's Brandon Sodden alone. The rebound is wired home by St. Louis defenseman Jake Wallman. 3-2 St. Louis through two. Early in the third, St. Louis goalie Huso makes an outside short side stop on Buffalo's Jeff Skinner and Thompson. 2-34 into the back half of the third. Buffalo power play goal on a broken play. Glove side wrister from the slot. A minute 23 seconds after St. Louis retake the lead. 2-1-1 Jordan Cairo. Shot gets to Colton Perenko on the rebound who bunts it out of the air going to the net for the game winning goal. St. Louis's Braden Chen adds a late empty net goal with 33 seconds to go in the third. St. Louis goalie Huso's best save in the second, but he faced more work in the first and the third periods where St. Louis was outshot by just over a 2-1 to one shot on goal ratio. Huso, three goals against 35 saves as Buffalo had a 38-23 shot on goal advantage for the whole game. And in fairness, I don't watch Buffalo except when they play Central Division teams in saying this, but they don't get the goaltending to be able to win this year when I have watched them. Part of that is injury-related. Yeah, Buffalo goalie Tokarski, who has played most of the goalies that they've used is below NHL average goalie metrics. Even his lucky pad stop play had the puck in his net seconds after it was made. St. Louis relied on and got better goaltending. It really is a big difference and why to me Buffalo hasn't won more. Jordan Cairo's two goals make him the first of what will be seven or eight 20 plus goal scorers on the St. Louis team by year's end and that factored large in this game. His assist also came on Pareko's game winning goal. St. Louis starting another road trip of four games turned to goalie Jordan Bennington who collects a 4-0 shutout road win in Chicago Sunday against the division rivals. In the first St. Louis's Jordan Cairo on a breakaway unsuccessfully tries to outweigh Chicago goalie Marc-Andre Fleury and instead holds puck possession rather than take a shot on goal. 5-24 left in the goalless first. Chicago's Kirby Dock on a given goal with Brandon Hagel is stopped by St. Louis goalie Bennington. Late Chicago penalty with 11 seconds left in the first carries over to the second. St. Louis's Vladi Tarasenko hits the far side post from the low circle on that power play. 2-26 into the second. Chicago defenseman Connor Murphy defensive zone turnover at the Chicago blue line creates a St. Louis Kyrou and Braden Shen given go 2-1-0 finished by Kyrou on a backdoor tap on Chicago goalie Flurry. St. Louis's Tarasenko's one-timer two-on-one from the circle is stopped. Off the draw, Chicago defensive zone turnover behind their net and St. Louis get a goal net front roof glove by Pavel Bushnevich just shy of seven minutes into the middle frame. 520 left in the second. Chicago Seth Jones jumps up in the rush forcing a big St. Louis goalie Bennington stop. 
A minute 52 to go in the second St. Louis power play goal. David Perron, low circle shelf on a cross crease pass. 304 into the third off a Chicago defensive zone turnover. St. Louis's Perron comes up with the loose puck along the goal line and banks it in off of Chicago goalie Flurry, short side and in. St. Louis goalie Bennington, 30 saves, second shutout of the season, held with a stop on Chicago Seth Jones on a two on one keep with 12 seconds left in the game. Initially, it's easy to analyze this game as St. Louis goalie Bennington being better than Chicago goalie Fleury, who had four goals against and 31 saves in a loss. That's the wrong take. This score would have got out of hand in St. Louis's favor, if not for Chicago goalie Fleury, who probably wants the short side fourth St. Louis goal per on second back, but can't be faulted for the others. The playoff caliber depth of St. Louis and the four-check game by the team was full value and created defensive zone turnovers that directly led to St. Louis in prime scoring spots and goals that even a Vesna winner is going to have difficulty making stops on. And continuing to talk about this game from a St. Louis vantage point, St. Louis had the physicality and the battle for loose pucks off face-offs that were even at 50% face-off win percentage for the game for both teams even and the forecheck and a strong cycle game is how St. Louis took the lead and continued as the game went on and St. Louis brought that consistently shift after shift because of the depth of their group. Credit to St. Louis goalie Bennington for not allowing Chicago any life by shutting the door from start to finish. St. Louis played better in front of him. That has Binner winning his last two games and having allowed one goal against during those two games. St. Louis forward Perron was second last year to Ryan O'Reilly in goals, but first on the team in points. The year prior, Perron tied for the St. Louis team lead in goals. His two-goal game pushed him to 11 goals in 39 games played to tie with O'Reilly for seventh spot in goals this year on the St. Louis team. If it looks as though Perron and O'Reilly start to heat up with six players and not including team leader and assist Robert Thomas's contribution, it will be the most balanced top nine forward group for sure in the Western Conference, if not the NHL presently. A late St. Louis power play couldn't get Perron his hat trick late in the game, while out with primarily St. Louis's fourth line players, who were all just trying to get Perron a good luck to shoot and bury that hattie, but he couldn't get it done. St. Louis, while doing that, was visibly having fun. St. Louis, 52 games played, 32-14-6 record, 70 points, second in the central, 673 point percentage, streak winners of four, goal differential plus 47. St. Louis continues on their four-game road trip in New York now, Wednesday at the New York Rangers, Saturday at the New York Islanders, Sunday in New Jersey on back-to-back. One thing about that trio of Eastern Conference teams is how little they have in common in their team construction. The Rangers can score, but give up a lot with good goaltending bailing them out. The Isles, way more defensive and low scoring, while the youthful Devils play fast and up-tempo, but don't have great goaltending that games can often become high scoring. Point is, it's a step up in the competition for St. Louis from February, and a variety of team styles that seeing St. Louis play consistently to their team identity is what you should be looking to see if St. Louis continues to do. Let's take a break away and come back with a lot more on Central Division Hockey, the podcast, after this. 
Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino online. I was only playing for fun, so winning was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's favorite free online social casino. You too could have the chance to win life-changing cash prizes. Absolutely anybody could be like Mary. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumboCasino.com and play for free now. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of the winner. How would you like to come home to a bartender who will fix you any cocktail you want? I'll have an old-fashioned. I'll have a margarita. Now you can with the Bartesian Home Cocktail Maker. Bartesian is a sleek machine the size of a coffee maker that makes premium cocktails at the touch of a button. Choose from over 50 different cocktails, from classics to the most exotic premium cocktails served in the best bars today. You'll always get freshly mixed, perfectly balanced cocktails with the Bartesian Cocktail Maker. And now get Bartesian's best Black Friday deal ever at bartesian.com holiday. Entertaining? The Bartesian is ideal for parties. No need to stock all kinds of individual mixers for complicated recipes. Every guest gets the cocktail of their choice in seconds. The Bartesian makes a wonderful gift for anyone who loves a fine premium cocktail. Now get Bartesian's best Black Friday deal ever. It's available right now, only at bartesian.com slash holiday. That's B-A-R-T-E-S-I-A-N dot com slash holiday for Bartesian's best deal ever. Only at bartesian.com slash holiday. Minnesota lost its third straight game and five of their last six. Minnesota remains in the top three division playoff spots. Minnesota, because of the Ryan Suter, Zach Parisi buyouts, will have cap-wise handcuffs on cap flexibility next season for three years. Makes this essentially a go-for-it year. Minnesota's insider, the Athletics' Michael Russo, recently said trading defenseman Matt Dumba is likely the only available way for Minnesota to keep forward Kevin Fiala beyond this year. And trust me when I say he did his homework. Kirill Kaprizov, Matt Zuccarello, Eric Sinak, Jared Spurgeon, and Jonas Brodeen make enough Minnesota could part with one of them instead. It's to point out all the other available ideas you could come up with pretty much suck. Dumba's currently on IR, and Minnesota is 2-5-0 and over this stretch without him in the lineup. It's just had me thinking that losing either a Fiello or Dumba is like a steroid-infused bad case of defenseman Carson Suse or goalie Kapokakinen getting taken by Seattle in expansion bad. You don't want to lose either of them. You're losing one of them. The D-group's stability is better with Dumba. The team's goal-scoring ability by committee, better with Fiella. Minnesota's third loss in a row comes in a 7-3 road loss in Calgary to the Pacific Division Flames Saturday, 136 in. Minnesota's Fiala stops up, gaining offensive zone entry, and John Merrill's point shot is high tipped by Frederick Goudreau to open scoring. 29 seconds past the first midpoint, Calgary goal. Low circle beats Minnesota goalie Kakinen short side to tie it as Minnesota's Marcus Foligno elects after breaking his stick to go to the bench for a new one, creating a 5-on-4 Minnesota defensive zone situation. A minute 20 20 seconds after Calgary power play goal in that front on a second effort first save rebound with 218 left in the first Calgary point shot walked the line to the center a defensive zone slapper goes in blocker side through traffic Minnesota's Fiala breakaway stopped with 24 seconds left by Calgary goalie Jacob Markstrom 435 into the second Minnesota's Nico Sturm drives the paint and puts a backhander just wide 416 left in the middle frame Calgary goal on a point shot rebound for a backdoor tap in 
41 seconds left in the second after looking as if he was hauled down shorthanded on a breakaway. Calgary gets a shorthanded goal by Blake Coleman, five hole on his second breakaway. 21 seconds left, Calgary's Eric Branson and both Minnesota's Brandon Duhame and Connor Dewar get two minutes each for roughing. So Minnesota gets the extra minor, 5-1 Calgary after two. In the back half of the third with 8.43 to go, Minnesota's Ryan Hartman takes a whole penalty with puck possession as Calgary D. Oliver Showington hooks Hartman with his stick and as Hartman spins out from the penalty worthy check Showington loses his balance the stick and crashes into the boards bizarre penalty that I think the only penalty would be on Showington for putting his stick in on Hartman in his poor defending of the play in the first place Showington is not listed on IR for the rematch 6.35 left, Minnesota goal. Nick Bukestad off the rush far side from the low circle. A minute, 10 seconds after Minnesota goal, Kirill Kaprizov short side from the circle through a screen as Minnesota holds the offensive zone at the blue line to keep the play alive. Three and a half left, Minnesota's Matt Zuccarello prevents an empty net goal and right after with 3.15 left, he gets a whole penalty that probably should have been an empty net awarded goal for Calgary, not a penalty. Calgary does add an empty net power play goal and adds another empty net goal that makes the final score worse than the 5-3 Calgary lead Minnesota had cut into prior to the late empty net goals added. After opening scoring, Minnesota had a poor first as Calgary finished with an 18-4 shot on goal advantage and a 3-1 lead. While Minnesota outshot Calgary in the second, Calgary added goals. The last minute shorthanded goal given up by Minnesota was a dagger. Special teams for Calgary 2-5 for five plus the shorthanded goal. I didn't mention Winnipeg media guy Sean Reynolds' post-game take earlier in February versus Minnesota misdirected keeping the goalie pulled to allow multiple goals against. He thought it was treating Winnipeg who added empty net goals with disrespect and his take is wrong there's no difference in losing 4-3 or 7-3 it is still not picking up any points last time i checked goal differential is so far down the tiebreaker for playoff seating that it also factors a little if teams ended up point wise with identical records Minnesota's had tons of comebacks this year. In fact, even in surrendering two more empty net goals, Minnesota has 14 goals for to 13 goals against, playing 6-on-5. Minnesota still score more than they give up, pulling the goalie this year, and what Reynolds' take misses is Minnesota does it versus Florida, in this game versus Calgary, Winnipeg, or whomever. It's playing the stat success, not who Minnesota is in fact playing at all. Quick Matt Dunbar appreciation point. His 23 minutes, 37 seconds average time on ice per game leads Minnesota even while injured. It's three seconds more than Brodine and Spurgeon, who's not far behind Brodine. I pointed out because if you don't think how much he has missed in Minnesota's struggles of late, having a correlation to how much better Minnesota's top four is with Dumba in the lineup, it does impact Dumba's importance. Better team defense and not the play of Minnesota's goalie tantum will also be the key to Minnesota getting back to its winning ways. Minnesota 50 games played, 31-16-3 record, 65 points, third in the central, 650 point percentage, streak losers of three, goal differential plus 33. Minnesota is home in the rematch to Calgary tonight. Minnesota, like Calgary, a better home than road team. That's worth noting. Minnesota will have two then play back-to-back road set Thursday in Philly, Friday in Buffalo, and then come home to play division rival Dallas Sunday. I think Minnesota should return to put together a win streak this week, starting with their game against Calgary tonight.
Winnipeg went 1-1-0 versus the NHL's top team, Colorado, and the NHL's worst team, Arizona. That is, point percentage-wise, what you would expect from the team that has been impossible in Winnipeg to gauge all year. The better news is the imminent return of forward Andrew Kopp and potentially not-so-distant return of forward Nick Ehlers to boost Winnipeg's offense that has been their biggest concern. A near-last-place Montreal team that is now red-hot, winners of five, is what Winnipeg has in store as they return home to begin a four-game homestand tonight. We covered Winnipeg's blown three-goal first period lead in their 6-3 road loss in Colorado Friday in the Colorado segment off the top of the pod. Colorado's second goal off the rush by McKinnon with speed had Winnipeg defenseman Nathan Beaulieu give up the defensive zone and far too much of the gap that other than acting as a screen on his own goalie Hellebuck, Beaulieu would have been better to have closed the gap and got beat for a breakaway by McKinnon than how poorly he played it. Less than a minute into the third, it's a bad Winnipeg line change, not getting the puck deep for a quick up stretch pass that is Winnipeg down a goal rather than even in the final period of play. The fifth Colorado goal after a huge stop by Hellebuck. Winnipeg has two failed defensive zone clears to have McKinnon end up with his second goal and a two-goal lead. There's three critical goals in the Colorado comeback in a game Colorado won by three goals. While Colorado was 0-4 on the power play and gave up a shorthanded goal, Winnipeg was 0-2 on the power play. Winnipeg up 3-1 in the second and more critical down 4-3 in the third. Didn't so much as register more than a pair of shots on goal over two advantages that were at times of the game key to changing how the outcome could be by getting another goal. Winnipeg didn't do that. If you're a fan of Winnipeg also trying to hang this game incorrectly on Winnipeg goalie Hellebuck after I have now explained the actual reasons Winnipeg lost to the NHL's best team at present, that's a you problem and don't at me. Also, how soon fans forget. Former Winnipeg coach Paul Maurice spoke that Hellebuck preferred to stay in games than be pulled because he feels better having to stick it out, win or lose, with the group. Any takes questioning not pulling Hellbuck in the third by interim coach Dave Lowry would be wise to remember what Winnipeg's MVP goalie prefers as it explains it best. Winnipeg's five-game winless streak ends in a 5-3 road win in Arizona Sunday. Arizona's Clayton Keller's Michigan attempt is put off the post less than two minutes into the first. Winnipeg goal to open scoring. Adam Lowry on a point shot tipped through traffic. Just over seven minutes in, Arizona goalie Scott Wedgwood stops Winnipeg's Kyle Connor on a breakaway. Arizona goal 16 seconds over the first midpoint. Jacob Chikrin point shot. Short side beat Winnipeg goalie Eric Comrie. Off an Arizona offensive zone faceoff, they get to the cycle game. 43 seconds after Winnipeg goal, Yevgeny Sveshnikov net front rebound off the Winnipeg cycle. 3.20 left in the first Arizona goal as Barrett Hayton goes end-to-end and weaves through Winnipeg's Austin Pagansky and the Winnipeg D to put away a forehand tuck beauty. Two all after one. 5.40 into the second. Winnipeg's KC puts it off the post. The opposite post and out from the top of the circle. 6.04 left in the middle frame. Arizona's Nick Ritchie's first as a yote off the rush to the forecheck with a back pass for a backdoor net side tap. 310 left, Winnipeg's Pierre-Luc Dubois gets a cross check in Arizona's Chikrin roughing as they battle in the Arizona crease. 2-1 Arizona through 2. 317 into the third, Winnipeg goal. Blake Wheeler on a 2-on-1 keep goes far side from the dot. At 534, Winnipeg goal. KC finishes a fadeaway tic-tac goal. 737 Arizona D. Vadislav 
Kolia Chonuk interferes on Winnipeg Mark Shifley's breakaway, and he's hauled down and goes hard into Arizona goalie Wedgwood. Shifley is awarded a penalty shot. Arizona goalie Wedgwood makes a glove save. As I talk about in the Nashville segment on a non-penalty shot awarded call that leads to a Nashville power play goal versus Tampa Bay, I don't like penalty shot one-offs. I will always want a team to have to kill off a two-minute power play instead. Sure, the penalty shot in this case is the right call. I just prefer a two-minute penalty if a player doesn't score on a penalty shot or the two-minute penalty every time instead. And, of course, they don't award the penalty after missing the penalty shot. That's key to know. But I always like a team getting a power play, not a penalty shot. First choice. 120 left. Arizona's Nick Schmaltz stopped on the back door. 108, Winnipeg's Casey gets his 32nd of the year on an empty net goal. Winnipeg's Lowry after nearly tucks a forehand breakaway in, but Arizona goalie Wedgwood stops him. Winnipeg goalie Comrie, three goals against 26 saves. Arizona goalie Wedgwood, four goals against 33 saves. Given how desperate Winnipeg was in need of a win, the bigger storyline was media-wise in Winnipeg, how narrowly Winnipeg was able to win. Anyone watching Arizona otherwise is aware they do, while often getting outshot, get the goaltending to stay in close games. Winnipeg's third was their best period, and it also is exactly in most recent games for Arizona twice against LA as an example, where they couldn't hold a one-goal lead heading into the final period. In fact, the shots on goal were more even between Winnipeg and Arizona than Arizona usually is able to be in that match. Key timely saves by Winnipeg goalie Eric Comrie that allowed Winnipeg to score shortly after that if Arizona scores instead, maybe Arizona do hold on to win. The other positive, Winnipeg had three goals from three different lines, and as I've said prior, Winnipeg can't rely on just one line per game to score goals and expect to be able to win. Nick Ehlers practiced in a non-contact jersey Monday. Forwards Cole Perfetti and Christian Reichel remain out, but forward Andrew Kopp is probable to make his return from injury versus Montreal. Winnipeg, 53 games played, 23-21-9 record, 55 points, 6 in the central, 519 point percentage, streak winners of one goal differential, minus 7. Winnipeg hosts Montreal tonight, who are are winners of five. Game one of last year's round two playoff series, Winnipeg Shifley's hit on Montreal's Jake Evans ended up with Shifley getting a cadre level player safety suspension. Montreal swept the series and went to the Stanley Cup Finals. It will be the first time both players are on the ice, Evans and Shifley, since the incident. Shifley is quoted when asked that he will answer the bell if Evans wants to fight. A key division game Friday versus Dallas and Sunday versus the New York Rangers continue the week as Winnipeg begins their four-game homestand. I'm posting the podcast in two parts as a last-minute decision, switching Winnipeg and Nashville segments to have Colorado, Minnesota, and Winnipeg up prior to their games tonight, while the other teams I will put up while tonight's games are most likely in progress, as those teams don't play until tomorrow or later on tomorrow.
How would you like to come home to a bartender who will fix you any cocktail you want? I'll have an old-fashioned. I'll have a margarita. Now you can with the Bartesian Home Cocktail Maker. Bartesian is a sleek machine the size of a coffee maker that makes premium cocktails at the touch of a button. Choose from over 50 different cocktails, from classics to the most exotic premium cocktails served in the best bars today. You'll always get freshly mixed, perfectly balanced cocktails with the Bartesian Cocktail Maker. And now get Bartesian's best Black Friday deal ever at bartesian.com holiday. Entertaining? The Bartesian is ideal for parties. No need to stock all kinds of individual mixers for complicated recipes. Every guest gets the cocktail of their choice in seconds. The Bartesian makes a wonderful gift for anyone who loves a fine premium cocktail. Now get Bartesian's best Black Friday deal ever. It's available right now, only at bartesian.com slash holiday. That's B-A-R-T-E-S-I-A-N dot com slash holiday for Bartesian's best deal ever. Only at bartesian.com slash holiday. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino online. I was only playing for fun, so winning was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's favorite free online social casino. You too could have the chance to win life-changing cash prizes. Absolutely anybody could be like Mary. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumboCasino.com and play for free now. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice of the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of the winner. 